0: And welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, I feel like it's yes, very sir. important to start the show with this statement. Have your lineup set on Thursday night. Thursday Matches night. will happen on Friday. Do not be one of the sheeple being misled By the media. No, but seriously, make sure you have your stuff set Thursday. If you want to tinker Friday morning, go ahead, but tinker within Mm -hmm. your team. Have it set Thursday night. Don't be somebody that accidentally doesn't save their latest draft and then the first match happens and then you're screwed and have to wild card early. Just just get it done. Be sure you're done on Thursday.
1: This is your healthy reminder. Do not go crazy at Thursday happy hour and forget to do stuff Friday morning. So yeah, yep. this is a reminder from the FPL roundtable. There is no further follow-up to any you know reminder. So um, you're welcome and is, welcome to the a, show.
0: This has been a public service announcement. All Thanks. right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, that warning, that fire and uh speech from us. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. You know, three days. Three days to go. It's been a been a hectic and Run ragged, Rob. Uh, preseason here, you know, running around. baseball's still in session, so I'm getting calluses on. Said I'm getting calluses space callus <laughs> yeah, Spaceballs is on. Yeah, I'm your Schwartz is all tickered it. out. Yeah, yeah. I want to want to rewind until when till now. When now is then, you know. But, yeah. it's a it's a joke. Joke
0: lost on everybody.
1: <laughs> if everybody if everybody got it, cool. If One not, to five people
0: are losing their crap right now. <laughs> But when will now be then? Soon. <laughs> nice. But yeah, everything's good as as you say. Both good. of us we're good. We're losing good. our minds. We're fully,
1: we're fully in depth. We're thumbs or yeah, we're thumbs deep in in FPL knowledge. You know, across all formats. You know, official game uh, playtaga. Uh, big shout out! Thank you, Fantrax, for hosting this. Um, they have a format as well you can use. Um but yeah so I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the the fantasy season to arrive on or about 1945 Eastern Standard Time on Friday August 11th.
0: Yeah. Um That's it. Cool. So I got uh it's obviously going to be a busy show cuz uh, of of the impending deadlines and then obviously match week 1 well, first, we obviously have some transfers to get to. We'll just run through each of these. I'll just spit out a name uh, and some stats, and you let me know what you think about them. First, we have Richarlison? Rich, rich, Richarlison. Is Richarlison. How a Frenchman would maybe not even pronounce that Brazilian name. But he comes from Fluminense, is headed to Watford. Seems to be feeling that Niang role. Five goals, three assists, and 14 matches. Do you care?
1: Um, No. I mean, Watford is uh, not very... Um, a place I'm looking for anybody offensively from, or defensively, to, to, for that matter, until you know Marco Silva, you know, touches everything and turns into defensive gold. Uh, with Deeney out for week one, I, I don't even think Richarlison is going to be in the fray. I, I think he's even too. I think he's too young to even feature for a while. I think he's going to you know build up his steam and momentum for, for the Hornets. Um, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to to much from Watford right now. On paper, right now, they are dreary at best they have cool uniforms that, other than that dreary at best for, for for game week one at least
0: wait are they the one where their third kit is just Middlesbrough's kit from last year
1: yeah it's basically
0: yeah. <laughs> good <Yeah>. um <laughs> next up uh kind of more of a known quantity we have Bruno Martin Zindi uh allegedly flying into uh for his medical tomorrow at Stoke Ooh, yeah yeah hype um uh, they, they already Bruno have Zuma North. I mean that could that could be a pretty dangerous pairing there
1: yeah, I, I tried to throw a little Bruno Mars in there. A little, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what is the... um? When you play defense and it's Bruno's Martin Indy <laughs> I'm too Ooh. hot. Hot damn. <laughs> Call the police yeah, and the fireman.
1: He he officially is the first person to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show and make an appearance in the Premier League. So.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> That's a fact, probably. It's
1: a fact. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that he could probably carve out first-team capabilities there. Um, you know, Stoke has some, you know, ragged guys on defense. I hmm. mean, just look at who they have. Shawcross, Peters, Johnson, Cameron, M- Muniesa. Uh, Although it Suma. does
0: look like Muniesa is on the way up.
1: Yeah, he's, he's going to be on the way up. To Girona. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, defensively, there's nobody there that's standing out. So, Bruno's Martin to Indy could carve out a first team, you know, place there. You know, they're all basically interchangeable Lego parts that are just a different color here because you know, if you lose one part, it doesn't really affect anything because I don't think anybody is really rostering anybody on Stoke's defense right now. Kurt Zuma is currently the most uh, owned rosterable player from Stoke on defense at 2.6%, and his price tag is 5.5, so that's scaring a lot of people off. Everybody else is 5.0 or below. Uh, Indy will probably come in at probably 5.0 because that's what Shawcross and Peters are. Um, Yeah, I'm not expecting much from Stoke this year. They are not going to be... Basically, if if they finish one spot near Watford, I'd probably say that's probably about right.
0: Yeah. Um, Next up, we have a really interesting one. We have Lamina coming over to Southampton from Juventus uh, is more of a ball carrier, kind of in the mold of Dembele. Don't think he's probably going to hold too much fantasy value, although I think it hurts your boy Romelu, uh, who may not be able to get as forward as often as he did last season, which wasn't a ton, but he did it times.
1: Yeah, I think it hurts Steven Davis more than
0: Romeo. Oh, I think, I think he's replacing just... Steven Davis.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think Romeo still has his, his place on the pitch and at four dot five, he's still my four dot five, you know, go to dump, though I did change him out of my team, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh but yeah, Steven Davis is definitely the, the you know the the guy on the gallows here when the when this trade does come or trade the transfer comes in and makes it official and he's actually inserted into the official game game roster. He'll probably be probably 5.0 I would say five five, somewhere in there yeah um but yeah listen he's he's I don't think he's gonna do enough offensively for the official game to care for his his presence on your team
0: yeah I, I think five five is probably where he comes in uh and while he doesn't help those other people further back in midfield if the fourth manager here Actually thinks Tadic should play more than 30 matches. Uh, he could, he could benefit from this as well because he wouldn't be having to track back as much. Um, as Lamina could carry a lot of that responsibility, much as we saw, um, Ericsson really blossom when Dembele is fit. Uh, cause mm-hmm. he doesn't have to fulfill as much of that duty. Um, alright, I know <laughs> in the pre, pre-show talk, you said you don't want to talk about Davy proper, so I'll just do it for you. Um, comes Skip over it. to Brighton from, uh, PSV Eindhoven. Uh, six goals, eight assists in 34 matches in the Eredivisie. You translate that, maybe that's two and four, maybe negative six, negative four, <laughs> ne- negative goals and assists. Um, I think this is largely supposed to be knock art cover. Um, just because we're, we we Who think he'll be fit for match fit. week one, but you know this is often an issue for these promoted clubs. Is if you suffer right. one big injury your season can basically be over as can your stint in the Premier League. I think this is more of a um, emergency option more than a starting every week option. Although, you know, he did play plenty of games for PSV who are one of the better Dutch side. So it's possible he carves out a role for himself. Um, yeah. But for now, you know, just, just kind of a wait and see. But yeah, I, I think this is more about making sure that they uh, are injury proof than truly in, improving their first 11 for now. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we have uh, Chupo Moting coming from Schalke. He was on a free. Stoke signed him. Um, I, I had weirdly seen a fair bit of him like two or three years ago uh, when he was playing as a striker when Klaasian Huntelaar was hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently, <laughs> I did not watch enough of him last season because he played a lot of matches on the left wing. Do you think it's possible he's the Arnautovic replacement since he can kind of play on the left and play as a second striker? I mean, he could be, uh,
1: you know, Looking, looking at what Stoke has, you know, on the midfield attack side, you basically have Shakiri and a little, little bit of uh, Ramadan Sobi, and so he could, he could easily insert himself there. You know, Athelai is still hurt. Boyan, Bojan is is dinged up already. Um, you know, even striker wise, there's nobody there that you know is going to run away and say, all right, he could play the wing. Barahino, Div, you know, Jese actually has been doing okay in preseason, so. He may get some shine there in the first coming games. Uh but yeah, I think it's a wait and see for Truopo Moting. Uh he did he did play well enough that, you know, people do know his name. It's just that I think he's going to a Stokes squad that doesn't have enough integral parts around him to make him be a fantasy, you know, you know, option, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, and now on to, uh, potential moves. Uh, first, we have Timothy Fosu Mensa allegedly has already had a medical with Crystal Palace where he would join on loan. Uh, if that happened, I would love him, especially if he was 5.0 or cheaper. Uh, as I think he would play at right back and considering Palace are instituting a back three. Um, yeah. as a right wing back, he could have a lot of value very quickly and would be an ideal counter to Patrick Van Anholt if you needed to, although it doesn't really seem like people are buying on Van Anholt yet. Um, but just just uh, one to keep an eye on. We all loved him back when uh, he and Borthwick Jackson broke through under Van Gaal a couple years back, and uh, just just one to keep an eye on, especially because as we said before, DeBoer could really shore up that defense and, and all of a sudden make them a little bit more meaningful. Yeah,
1: and and he here he's he's actually four of five. Which is actually oh, he's already in. Price. Right,
0: right. Wow. Because yeah, like, he
1: has a <laughs> United price at 4.5. So it, so it actually brings an interesting question. I, I've, I've waxed political about enough guys. So I, I know you mentioned Patrick Van Einhold there is probably yeah. you know, the 1A Crystal Palace defender that everybody wants because they are more of an offensive. And he's at he 5.5, of correct? Yeah, he's at 5.5. Mm-hmm. He's more of an offensive weapon. So, I mean, are you looking at a Fosu Mensa at 4.5 or are you looking on the opposite side at weld at 5.0? If...
0: If this becomes official, he is going to be my 4.5 defender.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's currently Federico
0: Fernandez, who by the way, I I said somewhere and got some stick for it. Look at Swansea's defensive record like the last the last few matches cuz they mm-hmm. really stepped it up down the stretch to stay up. Yeah. Um I, I don't love him, which is why I am immediately saying I'd take someone else, but mm-hmm. there's a, there's a reason that people were going with on Ron Hell is there. 4.0 uh, Swansea defender and why Fernandez has value especially with his big dumb Spanish head um well, the, yeah the, the funny thing is that if you look at
1: the 4.5 defenders it's basically like a, a wasteland of like nothingness I mean there's names in there that you could possibly use but there's nobody that you're actually like yes I'm there's no one you can be confident in starting you know, the season S- with Simone, Simone Francis maybe
0: yeah but everybody's gonna have Smith or Daniels well not everybody yeah. but a lot of people and then' it's like do you want I mean, two born with defenders
1: yeah the only <laughs> other the only, the only other guy that I've seen been getting a lot of love and now that if the Fosu Mensa trade goes through is uh, Alexander Arnold from from Liverpool because he's been getting a lot of burn in preseason but I think that may be just a, a dump but he, his ownership has, has gone up in a while and I've seen a lot of it on people's uh, you know templates and whatnot on, interesting uh, on the Twitters of the Twitter speak but uh, fosu Mensa in that 4.5 is, is an interesting is, is an interesting candidate on uh you know not an awful defensive team but they're not going di- to you're not going to kill you they're not going to be I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as say like uh you know you know any of the promoted teams brighton or you know huddersfield yeah so i mean you could you could do worse than than a possible focus he's just gotta he actually has to get to crystal palace first and then he has to beat out joel ward so it's it's the two things are One's going to happen, and one's probably going to happen. Yeah,
0: to be fair, I, I think day one, <laughs> he should start over Joel Ward. Um. And obviously, you have a familiarity with the Dutch system there, uh, as you may notice with Van Aanholt there, Rita Wald there, and now likely Fosu Mensa. Um Yeah, I mean, but yeah. the only player I know he's not
1: going to start over is Van Aanholt or Dan, so...
0: Yeah. Man, I, I'm such a huge fan of the Scott Dan bounce back, but we'll just have to wait and see I, on that one. I
1: love Scott Dan. I love Scott Dan. <laughs>
0: Um, all right, now now <laughs> the big potential one. Uh, reports, reports today that Coutinho could be heading to Barcelona. Now, when I say that, it's a lot like, not to ruffle any feathers here, global warming. There is currently one report saying a deal has been agreed against a vast sea of data and comments saying that he is not. That out of the way... What do you think the fantasy ramifications would be if Coutinho did, in fact, leave Liverpool this window? Uh,
1: well, C- Coutinho's ownership would plummet. Um, <laughs> that I know for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, I think the the love that would shift to, to Mane and Salah right now uh, would skyrocket. That's definitely what would happen if it can go up anymore. Salah's at 20.4. Mane's at 18.4% ownership. Um, I think that we would have to wait and see for another week or two to see if Liverpool makes a, a, a corresponding midfield move to replace him. Um, and then that person may become uh, an integral part of someone's team, depending on who it is, obviously. Um but I think that the the shine would actually go to you know Salah or Mane. and I think I think Georginio Wijnaldum would probably get a little bit more love at seven as well.
0: Yeah, you know I'm, I'm a big lover of Rinaldo. Um The the very interesting thing to me would be they would not bring in a hundred million plus euro from no. that sale and not spend it. What yeah, would be interesting would to me is they have a ready made replacement there already. But they've just converted him to a striker this whole preseason. Yeah. (laughs) Because it it would be very easy to just push Firmino back. Bring somebody Mm -hmm. in to compete with Sturridge when he's fit slash Origi. And try Mm -hmm. to improve that way and have Firmino be more of a creator. Which, to be fair, is largely what he's doing while being labeled a striker anyway. Mm -hmm. Is creating for his teammates by... Pulling the defenders around by sitting a little bit further back and playing them forward, which is going to happen even more this season with the pace of Mane and Salah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an
1: it's an interesting waterfall of events that's going to happen. Basically, if he does go, who do they, who else does Liverpool bring in, and what kind of star power do they they give they bring, you know, fantasy wise? Yeah,
0: I don't know, but it's definitely one to uh, keep an eye on. <laughs> Again, I. I Personally, do not think that it will happen. I don't think Liverpool need to sell him. I think this could be kind of like the Alexis situation where they end up just saying it's too late in the window. We're keeping him this year. Next year, he can go. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's worth discussing. As, as I say, there is one report saying that it has happened, mm-hmm. uh, with some saying it might happen, but the majority saying it has not, and then some more yeah. saying it will not. Um, Let's put it
1: this way. I think the first place they invest money in is they up their bid for Virgil van Dyke, and he's with Liverpool probably by the the third game week.
0: Yeah. If it goes through. Although, worth noting on van Dyke, if that move did go through tomorrow, which we're not saying it will, uh, the van Dyke one, he has not been in full training or played in preseason matches and has been hurt Mm -hmm. since, what, January?
1: Yeah. I mean, he he missed the last, what, 14 games of the season, I think? Yeah.
0: So it, it would be exciting... If that move happened, but not in, in real life, but in fantasy, hold off for a little bit. Wait to wait yeah, to see absolutely. him actually start. Wait for, wait to make sure he has his legs back. Wait to see how this Liverpool defense is starting to look uh, before going crazy on that. If and when that happens, um, wait. He he lost his he lost his leg, dude. How's he going to play soccer every day? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, wheelchair?
1: Did he label him left and right? Sorry, what? You think? Did he label his legs left and right so he knows which one goes on which? Oh, like NFL
0: kickers still do. Yeah, like left <laughs>
1: that,
0: and right. That's one of my favorite things. That uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm assume you I assume you remember Jeff Reed? Yeah. For the Steelers, they had the one black shoe, the one white shoe, and they asked him why. He said, "So I know which one to kick with." You're like, yeah. yo, dog, that is your literal job. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to know that'd be like uh, if m- me and Rob as writers. Had to have like a certain glove on her left hand to remember, oh, this is my left hand.
1: Don't <laughs> like, write with the one with the glove on
0: <laughs> You're like coming over to the letter P with your left hand. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's a weird keyboard joke if you're at a keyboard <laughs> <try it> out. <laughs> um, all right, we are going to take a quick break and then come back and do the second half alphabetically of the league that we said we would do like uh, two weeks ago. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. All right, and we are back. As I said, we're going to cover uh, letters M through W here uh, for the, the, the second half of a segment. We started, like I said, I think two weeks ago. Uh, so in this, uh, we're doing overrated and underrated at each club. I'll start with Manchester City. Uh, I am surprised by how many people are buying in on Vincent Company now. That having been said, he scored three goals and had four clean sheets in the last seven matches of the season. So he got a, a tally just about every week once he came back from injury. But I really want to see more. And he's a huge uh, injury risk and he's not cheap. Um, so I, I'd be a little bit more shy, uh, before bringing in Vincent Company. <laughs> the player that's somehow underrated is Sergio Aguero. His, his stats have been rising ownership wise. Um, but I'm sure you remember, like back when we started doing this, Jesus was almost twice as owned. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what? Do you guys remember Sergio Aguero, who's been in the top five goal scorers every year he's ever been in the Premier League? Um so anyway, not that Aguero is unrated, but he is still underrated, I think, in this Manchester City team. Because Aguero, De Bruyne, probably Silva, and company when he's fit are probably the only four players that. Actually, have guaranteed their starting spots. Yeah, I agree. Every other piece could like shift around to be crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm dressed in aguero. Uh, and we'll get to my team in a little bit, but I keep waffling on whether or not to have him in myself this week. Uh, just so based I, on I price. Think,
1: I think Mendy has a spot there. Sure, pretty sure
0: though. You do? Cause Danilo's been the one playing there. Yeah, I think it's just I, I think Mendy I think, had an think, injury think, though, and it did yeah, come in. I think late, Mendy's
1: but. been dinged. So,
0: yeah. Um, And you would assume Walker's fine, but we'll see. Um, All right, Uh, so Rob, coming to you now, talking to us a little bit about Manchester United. They lose the uh, uh, Copa today against Real Madrid. No big surprise there, although they did do it without Ronaldo, which is a little terrifying for world football. It doesn't really impact us here much on the show. But uh, which United players do you think are a little over and a little underrated?
1: Uh, A little overrated? I mean, is it possible that you can't really say that... that, uh Romelu Lukaku is overrated, you know. You know, overrated here. You know, based on his ownership right now at 48.6% of the 2.7 million players playing this game currently, that is an awful lot of of trust. And he just scored his goal, his first goal today. So, congratulations. Maybe this means that he's on a streak and he'll carry it over because he does like to go on little streaks where he doesn't do anything and drive us friggin' batty. <laughs> um, but so I don't know if he's overrated or underrated. So I'm going to say him as as the overrated guy because. Everybody's owning him. There's not much differential there. So that'll, that'll lead into my, my overrated.
0: For my underrated... A, sorry, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but I have a very important question that's been floating yeah. around a lot, which a is question. the idea of being forced to own him. Because... You're kind of now, yes. Right, because his ownership is so high that if you don't have him and he scores a goal, you're literally in the lower 50th percentiles.
1: Yep. yep. So, are uh, so, chasing
0: hey, 50%. Right. So wh- where's, where's your faith level? Have you brought him in?
1: I have him on my team. I've had him in my team since probably draft draft one of 651. Um
0: Is it yeah, because of that reason?
1: I, yeah, it's exactly why because his ownership is going is so high right now that uh everybody who knows what they're sort of doing in this and not just guessing have him in their squads. It's not like a, you know, everybody I've seen that's been loading up on forwards, he's been one of the three. It's been Lukaku, Kane, Aguero, Lukaku, Kane, Firmino, Lukaku Kane, Bentecki, who whoever they whatever three they have at top. Um, he's always in there. He's not left out and people are going, Oh, you know what, it's Kane, Aguero, and Firmino for me. But but he's always included in, in the triumvirate up top. So yeah, like you said, if you don't roster him, you're basically chasing uh fifty percent of what's going on in the FPL universe right now. So it's almost a, a damned if you do
0: he's the damned if you do, damned if you don't player right now. Yeah, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. Who do you think is that? No, it's right? okay.
1: It's okay. And un- underrated, I'm going to go with anybody who consistently gets pl- defender minutes for United. They don't have one defender owned in the top 20 of defenses. I know their prices are a little high because they are United. And I know there's a little question mark of who's going to who's going to play. Is it going to be Lindelof? Is it going to be Bailly? Is it going to be Valencia? Is it going to be Blind? You know, is it going to be Darmian the first week? Nobody actually knows who's going to be the starting, you know, the back four for them. So I think that's probably why people are under-owning them, and that's why I'm, I'm pointing my eye at them. And I own Eric Bailly currently. He's only 9.6. He's their most-owned player at 6.0. Uh, United is going to be one of the better defensive units. They're going to finish no, lo- no lower than fourth, I would say. And the top three you could probably put in – one. Th- actually, one through four you could probably put in any order. And me and Kevin would probably be like, yeah, that's probably about right. Um, so – you know anybody defensively for Man United? I think is being underutilized right now, but it's just because we don't know what the unknown is of what you know Jose is going to do.
0: Yeah, um, all fair points for me. Talking a little bit about Newcastle here, uh, Dwight Gale is the currently second highest owned Newcastle player behind only Rob Elliot, who is there just because he's a four-dollar goalkeeper uh, that you can punt with. <laughs> Starting to get less and less convinced. Uh, by him, we've seen Mitrovic look good in preseason matches. We've seen Iosa uh, Perez play well in preseason matches. And they're probably still going to bring in another striker this window. Um, so my my Dwight Gale hype has has decreased significantly uh, since the game originally launched. And I thought he looked at value after scoring, I think it was, 24 goals in the championship last season. Um, <laughs> the person I think is underrated. You said you knew who it was. So who is it?
1: Oh, for Newcastle? Ooh. Mm. I'm going to say it's not a defender there's no way it's a defender yeah I was going
0: to say Iose Perez Uh, I I do like Iose Perez in real life but in fantasy I'm looking at Christian Atsu who has played there was going to be my second choice yeah he started five of Newcastle's six friendlies he has I think it's two goals and three assists Mm
1: -hmm. in those
0: matches um, and had a lot more where either Mitrovic headed it wide Perez kicked it wide or at the keeper there have been a lot of opportunities that he's created. And heading into match week one, um, he's 5.0. He's facing a Kieran Trippierless Tottenham, who will either be playing Kyle Walker-Peters, who Potches straight-up said shouldn't get the opportunity because he's too young. He's not ready for that stage. Or Eric Dyer, who does not have the pace. Does have the strength, obviously, but the positioning and, and pace are not there. This This could be the... Uh, Diet Coke version of the Firmino Davis matchup last, or sorry, the Mane Davis matchup last season, where it was even though it was up against a good Tottenham defense, there was one clear uh, one-on-one matchup that looked terrifying, and uh, we had a Newcastle guy on at the weekend, and he was he was talking about how um, Atsu could could definitely have a field day up against a quote-unquote <laughs> right backless Tottenham, and uh, I'm I'm buying it, and at five He's on a crazy, crazy low ownership, 2.4%. Uh, I guess it isn't that crazy in the context of uh, Newcastle because <laughs> they don't yeah. have really anyone worth owning. But at 5.0, oh, yeah. I, I think he's really interesting. And I'm very, very upset <laughs> because I started writing an article on him. And then on the front page of the fantasy game today, there was something on him. Um, but <laughs> Christian Atsu at 5.0 saves you money. I'm just keeping that money, by the way. We'll get to my team later. But it's just in my bank. I haven't spent it yet. Um, but it was down to Atsu or Townsend for me for week one, and if he does well in this situation, week one, I may just hold on to him.
1: Yeah, I mean he's
0: not he's really never really going to play for you, so it's not really like
1: a you know a dire situation where you're like oh I got to play a five dot Christian Atsu. So I mean it's not a bad shout.
0: Yeah, well he'd be in a so, rotation with Carol and J Rod. Yeah,
1: and I liked I liked Tom Carroll this year. Yeah,
0: I think he plays every match, especially if they lose Siggy. He still might even if they,
1: they don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, uh so for you, we already talked about Southampton a little bit there with lamina, but who are you looking at
1: uh overrated uh it's the guy who disappoints more than anybody down the stretch last year it's gabbiadini anybody who anybody who knows uh, Italian his last name translates into the cage you know like the bird cage you know hmm he's overowned I don't like him 5.6. seven is his price. Uh, listen, there's probably a lot of better options than a striker you should be going with. Everyone's basically loading up on, on strikers and, and then cheaping out somewhere else. Don't cheap out on Gabby Dini at 7.0. Um, I'm not saying he's going to disappoint, but he's going to be like two hours late picking you up to the prompt is basically what's going to happen. <laughs> Would you rather um,
0: have Chicharito and or Iheanacho?
1: I'd rather have Ianacho 100% over Gabbiadini. I'd rather roll the dice that Ianacho does something and it's a feel-good story than be let down by Gabbiudini and Southampton's atrocities. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, under the under owned, our owned. how about uh, Jack Stevens getting no love at five. Yeah. with all this Virgil Van Dyke news, uh, you know he's not going to play Week One. Jack Stevens owned in 05 percent of leagues right, right now. Uh, we saw what he could do last year at the end of the season after Van Dyke went down. And he proved to be, you know, a useful, useful player in the Premier League. So at five dot um, you know, he's basically your third defender, maybe your fourth, depending on how you're, you know, allocating your funds. But Jack Stevens is a viable, you know, center def- central defender for for Southampton, and I think he could do good things based on his price right now.
0: So yeah, on um, to you, Kevin. Yeah.
1: I like how you set it up so you have Spurs
0: <laughs> I actually do still have Spurs but I have Stoke next because I don't write Spurs I write Tottenham because I'm not a dumb um, I'm not accusing you I'm accusing the official game and FIFA who both have Tottenham unless it is Spurs um, but I did want to touch on Southampton and it does relate to Tottenham which is um, some, some little whispers we've talked about this in the past that it might happen but some whispers that uh, an agreement is there uh, between tottenham and southampton that if van dyke left they could get vimmer on a one-year loan and i think he's at 4.5 at the moment and that would mm. also be a really interesting option for their defense if all of that happened but again yeah all of it has to happen <laughs> um, it's
1: a waterfall don't go chasing waterfalls
0: <laughs> it, as the hit song states um yeah so i'm actually going to do stoke next unfortunately um, but, uh, the person that I think is overrated right now is Joe Allen. Too many people trying to capture the glory days of last year, which, by the way, was only over like an eight-week stretch. Yet somehow people are coming away with it thinking he was amazing the whole year. The underrated, you already mentioned him, and I, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, and I agree it's because of his 5.5 price tag. But Kurt Zuma is very good. Now has Butland behind him. Peters has always been solid. If they bring in Bruno Martin Zindi to pair with him, that will be one of the more athletic pairings of center backs in the entirety of the Premier League. Um, they play fairly defensively. They have good defensive options in front of them, uh, at times when Jeff Cameron is mm-hmm. up there, not so much when, uh, Giannelli Mbula, who was supposed to be an, an incredible talent, just kind of hasn't done anything of note. Obviously, Joe Allen wants to get forward a bit more, but I, I think this could be a really sneaky, uh, defense. And even at five five, I think there's going to be value there. Um, to you now talking about swansea we already talked about tommy carroll is he one of your guys oh absolutely tommy
1: carroll is the under owned guy i don't even care how much he's owned right now he's on he's he's in only 5.5 percent of leagues at 4.5 he is your midfield dump that isn't gonna take a dump on you basically um you know last season 1400 minutes 52 points uh two uh two assists and a goal listen he's a young kid he's coming into his own Swansea are basically building around him in the midfield because I think Sigurdsson is—I don't know how long he's going to be there, but Carroll's going to be there for a while. Uh, they have a lot of athletic parts around him. Leroy Fer is just always lying in the weeds somewhere, looking like he—like he looks awesome half the time, and the other time half, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yep. Um, but you know they have—they have parts up top that can actually do something. Tammy Abraham, you know Jordan Ayew is up still up still.
0: Yep. Uh, and I like the Narsing signing last year, but he like Fair yeah, looks good about one every three matches.
1: Yeah. And and for uh for under under well, that was underrated. Tom Cowan's underrated. Overrated? Um I mean, do they really have one? I mean, is anybody nobody's really buying Sigurdsson at 8.5 on a Swansea team that really doesn't have many parts. Yeah, maybe only um,
0: Lorente just cuz he's hurt.
1: Yeah, that's probably the the only one that I'd maybe I may maybe look at that that's probably being Oh, over he's at 0.3% now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's so not maybe, very much owned. Maybe not. Uh, I I, I'll, I'll incorporate this into it. When Gilfie Sigurdsson, you know, figures out where How about Rongel to play
0: or where... At 21.6%. Yeah, th- oh, there you
1: go. There's the 4.0 defender that everybody's buying into, 21.6. I, I don't... I, Rongel's not going to play every game. Um, so you're basically dumping on a zero. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go the four-buck-chuck way, well, there's there's a couple guys that are, gonna, are, are vying for starts. You know, Long still looks like he's starting for Burnley. Yeah, you, you, you swayed
0: me on Kevin Long.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... I know Rongo is a, is probably the most recognizable name that's there because there's a lot of promoted defenders. And we like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, we won't know defensively what is going on with a lot of teams until you know Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday when the games go off and we'll be like, okay, well now this guy's playing so he's an option. So ownership of defenders, especially the cheap ones, the 4.0, four 4.5 4. guys that actually do something in the first week are probably going to be the, one of the most transferred in players for week two, three,
0: four. Yeah. Um. Now on to Tottenham. Uh, the still play. fixed it, so you got it. <laughs> I did. It somehow still worked out. <laughs> um, the one I'm really surprised by right now is Toby Alderweireld. Uh, just because he, he was not the target for set pieces during last year, the way he was in his first year in the Premier League. That that started being more uh, Eric Dyer, and then obviously Harry Kane started taking on more of that uh, attacking role inside the box on set pieces <laughs> doesn't really offer much else. He does play a lot of long balls, but those are out wide to the person that's going to get the assist. Um, no trippier to start week one hurts. Still no Danny Rose. So the clean sheets aren't as guaranteed as you may like. That second week matchup against Chelsea isn't exactly a dream. The last time Tottenham went up to Newcastle, which was the end of two seasons ago, uh, got lit up by that attack. Uh, so I'm just not, I'm not feeling the Alderweireld love, and then obviously Trippier and Rose you can't own because they're still hurt. Um, maybe Ben Davis at five five if you're looking for a placeholder for Trippier till he gets back. But I'm I'm really not in love with the Spurs defense right now, and it feels like a lot of people are since uh Vertonghen is 1.1 off of three players being 10 plus owned, um 10 plus yeah. percent. So not a not a huge fan of that. Uh, my underrated is Christian Erickson I was talking to Rob before the show started. Or maybe it was on the show. I don't actually remember. No. Um, but if Eriksson was .5 cheaper than Ali, he'd be the one in my team right now. He's the one that has looked the best in all the preseason matches. Uh, that's not even uh, talking about the ridiculous screamer he scored against PSG. Um, but I'm talking more about he's he seems closer to uh, midseason form, both mentally and physically. Uh, what he's been doing is much closer to his game than Del Ali has been to his, and I totally get the goal upside of Del Ali. That's why he's literally in my team right now, um, in almost <laughs> every format. Um, but Eriksson is looking very, very good, and yeah, I think it was eight goals, twenty assists last season, which was the okay. second highest assists behind only yep. Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yeah. And just because Ali has value, does not mean that Eriksson does not. And I feel like a lot of people are going uh, way overcompensating one direction. Um, and the fact that Ericsson is uh, less than half is uh, owned, 14.6 mm-hmm. to 37.9, I think is a lot. Um, also, never mind. I'll bring that up in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right, coming to you now to talk to us about Watford. Kapu was everybody's childhood yeah. sweetheart last year. Is he in here?
1: Yeah, he's definitely, he's overrated right now. He, he's owned an eight, 8.1% of leagues. I don't know if that's because of price or because people just like looking at scores, but you know what a lot of that percentage is owned by. If you do, you know, you know, auto pick, he's one of the, almost the, if you do it all the time, he's usually one of the first guys that, that I've always seen that he's always incorporated into the team because I think it takes into matter the price and what they did last year and score when he scored pretty well for, you know, what he did. Um, at 8.1 percentage, I'm not even coming close to it. I don't trust Watford to do much this year. They just don't have the tools to be consistently off uh, offensive. You know, we both like Roberto Pereira. Um, Troy Dean is going to miss the first week. They really don't have a striker there. Stefano Okaka is not the 38 game striker that you want to. He's not the droid right.
0: you're looking for.
1: Yeah, these are not the droids. I'm waving my hand. These are not the droids. <laughs> but um, yeah, and for for underrated. Um, do, do I have to? Um, I'll go with Roberto Pereira. I mean, if he wasn't si- if Roberto Pereira was five he'd be on- he'd be the most owned percentage wise uh, Watford player. Yeah, period. For but sure. he's not. He's six Yeah, which so. puts
0: him in that Townsend Phillips Chadley. Yeah,
1: there's better team. There's better guys with better names on better scoring teams. Watford is going to struggle to put the ball in the net this year. It's an unfortunate thing. Um, they have a lot of parts that do well. I just don't know, see how well those parts are going to do together, but that's why they brought in Marco Silva because he does magic with things like that. So they, maybe they could surprise defensively. You know, that's where he—that's his. You know, his foray. Yeah. You know, they want to, you know, So, but you know, you want to the hack job Holobos or Jonas Coble or Oproto. there's no there's no value there. There's nothing that because their schedule at the beginning of the year is not something that's you know conducive to, to buy into early.
0: Yeah. Yama would be the one I'd keep an eye on, but not, not to start the season. Yeah. Also, I think you make a really interesting point with Watford doing a lot with not much, because I think that's pretty much the exact converse of West Ham, who always seem to have yeah. the individuals but don't get the results they should. But
1: but if you look at what it, what it, uh, Marco Silva did last year, this Watford team is not much different than what he had with true. Hall.
0: That's true. May, maybe just a touch-up at the talent levels, but...
1: Maybe they just have guys who are a little bit more experienced right. at the top level. You know, yep. that's you know, Dini's, Dini's a proven striker if if he stays healthy. Yep. Well, they didn't have that last year because Abel Hernandez couldn't stay healthy and, you know, so he yeah, he downs. couldn't,
0: which was a dang dang shame. I still I still back him, although less than I did like three years ago when I said he was going to be a superstar. But there you go. He's gonna,
1: Hey, did uh, I know I'm going to tone a tangent here? But um, have you, the championship show, have, have they predicted who's going to lead the league in goals there?
0: Um, they did. Uh, one guy said uh, it should be Wolves. It was actually the title is that they are uh, the Manchester City of the championship right now because of all their.
1: I, I read that as I read that as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just because of <laughs> making all those Raiola signings. Uh oh, man! In the pre- the previous week, uh, it was discussed as well. If you want to entertain the people for like a second, I can look it up.
1: No, it's okay. We could we could talk about it later.
0: Oh well, that's awkward. I don't have patience. Don't
1: have patience for you, Kevin. <laughs> you should have these details.
0: I sh- I should have this uh, no. already up and oh come on really? I thought I thought I was gonna be able to be sneaky and yeah. get it up here. Oh Sheffield oh, well. Wednesday. There you go. Or the other one that people said uh, could be up there. Um for uh, West Brom. I think the overowned uh, is Gareth McCauley. He was he's thirty eight, man. Yeah, I I, I, he scored I got into a nice six ar- goals.
1: I got into a nice argument last. Somebody was trying to say that Gareth McCauley was like like a you know like a pillar of a fantasy usefulness, and they were trying to use his stats from last year as a going off point. I'm like, the dude's thirty eight years old. You're using a thirty eight year old to to you know put an argument in over defenders? No, absolutely not. Continue, so, sorry.
0: Last season. Gareth McAuley six goals. The previous five seasons combined seven goals. Mm. Oh, that's not true. Nine goals. Sorry, but still, that's two thirds of his career total in one season. Probably not repeatable. It's all. It's all I'm saying is is yeah. five tempting. Yes, because they have a very nice starting run of fixtures, but. N- please no <laughs> then uh in underrated i think there are a lot of players that are underrated um j-rod at just 3.2 percent has looked very good uh for them looks like he's going to be in a front two probably with Rondone. Uh, my only concern is if he had to play on the left wing maybe chadley in the middle phillips on the right which in real life is probably the way to get all of their best players on the pitch but uh, mm-hmm. for fantasy, would have hurt his value. It looks like he will be up front, which is important. Phillips, I think, might be a little on the overrated side because as much as you and I like him, I went to go <laughs> write an article about why he should be must-owned because of his low price in both this format and in the goal format. Mm-hmm. And, man, the underlying stats just did not say he should have had that many assists, okay. um, which is a little concerning. Obviously, West Brom, you have to be a little bit more tentative with your stats work because they play very uniquely in <laughs> that they kind of aim for set piece goals yeah which no other team can rely on and since he's the one taking them it makes sense that, that things would be a little askew but Nasser Chadley's stats lined much up much more with his performances. Um which could have been better. I think he scored his two first two goals um in his first two <laughs> matches and then like didn't for a real long time after that but uh, it looks like there's, there's improvement there based on Chadley's underlying numbers, and it looks like there's regression underneath Phillips' numbers. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, I, there are actually a lot of West Brom people I'm interested in, but just worth mentioning those. Also, <laughs> I have Ben Foster in my team right now, but this is, as Robin and I said often last season, one of those do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do things. If you yeah. have the .5, or even if you don't and you can make the .5, upgrade to Forster who was much mm-hmm. better last season. Ben Foster really struggling for clean sheets uh, the past two seasons. The last two seasons combined, he had 10. The previous year, he had 11. Yeah. Um, They're just Thanks. not coming West Brom's way. They're keeping scores low, but you don't get points for that unless you're in DFS. But that's yeah. a different situation. That'll be tomorrow's tomorrow's
1: episode. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow. But, uh, yeah. So it's on to me for West Ham, I believe, I'm yep. finishing up. Wrap it up for us. Uh, Overrated. Um, basically from what I've seen in the in the, the preseason I, I hate Robert snodgrass's guts uh, he looks pooey is the best uh, expert opinion I can <laughs> give you you he's sick prices 6.0 owned in 6.6 percent of leagues which is the second highest uh, West Ham player uh, I'm not seeing much for him that leads me to believe that he's gonna be any kind of fantasy asset he really hasn't been a fantasy asset since he basically came to the hammers um, unfortunately there's a lot of you know Exclamation points uh, for the first week with um, West Ham midfielders. So, yeah, and my, Antonio and Cuyate are definitely out. Fuguli's hurt. Lanzini and Arnautovic are both dinged up now. Um, so Snodgrass may have to play just because you know they're gonna have they don't have enough soldiers to go to war with. Um, but I'm not buying into it. I didn't like what I saw towards the end of the season when he transferred over. And at a 6.0 price tag, he falls into that Andres Townsend. You know that that break points Matt Phillips that you made you may have trust in somebody else and I think that those probably guys are probably a little bit better Based, but and I do like West Ham's tools around him I you know I love Lanzini I love Arnautovic when they're healthy I think Chicharito is going to score some goals I think Andy Carroll when he can when he can actually stop doing two practices a day and get on the field for for a whole day will do some good stuff but I'm, I'm not buying either of those guys but I'm just saying uh, Robert Snodgrass is not a, a guy that you want on your fantasy team. Uh, Under owned guy, I'm I'm banking on a a, a defensive bounce back for Aaron Cresswell. I think what we saw last year was not completely him. I think he was injured a lot of the year and got worn down by the pace of things. So at five dot West Ham is not the best defensive you know metric team, and they start off with United, Southampton, Newcastle. So. I mean, maybe after the first week, you may be buying into a hammer defender. And at 5.0, that's basically the entry point because nobody's really buying Angelo Ugbana at 4.5 or you know James Collins or Sam Byram or Arthur Masuaku. Um, Crestwell is probably the, one of the only defenders I would own there. I don't buy the, the Pablo Paulo Zabalado love or the Jose Font love. Those guys look awful on paper and on the pitch in real life and in fantasy. Um, so Crestwell's is a guy I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. Like, if I have a watch list and he's on it, so uh, Aaron Quessel could could do a bounce back. He did good things two years ago, and I'm expecting something, something decent this year. Not awesome, but something decent.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, then um, we have one more thing to get to before we go through our teams, um, and that is players that we think you should keep an eye on in case uh, they price rise early on. So basically, uh, players with high upside, current low ownerships that could really spike. Um, for me, up front, I think it's Josh King. Mm -hmm. Um, just because uh, their first two fixtures, West Brom, Watford, not the most difficult. You don't love playing West Brom away. I mean, let's just keep that clear. But if Josh King scores in either of those matches, people will way overreact Mm -hmm. and feel like they've missed out because right now everybody's leaning Defoe. Um, Hold on, let me actually check that stat to make sure that's true, but it feels that way. Yeah, Defoe almost twice his own 10.4 to 5.8 and even if King is starting on the wing, which he may be, or he may be in a front two, although a front two of King and Defoe is very similar players, and mm-hmm. King might not be on penalties, but if he scores in the first two weeks, I think he will at least double, if not triple, his ownership, um, just because people will be worried that they'll miss the ride again this year, like a lot of people did last year, where they waited .3 or even .4 um, before bringing him in. In midfield, uh, for me, <laughs> I said I'd, I'd mention this at the end of the show. And it's a sneaky one, and this is not based on anything other than knowing that Sun has a fitness test this week. But if Min Sun passes late fitness and scores, or assists, really, either way, while everybody is having the ali Ericsson debate, mm-hmm. there is no one else that can play that position right now. Tottenham can't play three at the back because of other injuries, which is the only way he loses his spot. And it's not because he isn't the one that holds that spot. It's because that spot doesn't exist when we play three at the back. <laughs> um But if he does something early, you know, he scored 20 goals in all competitions last season. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if if he gets a clean bill of health and starts and does anything of note, another player that could just skyrocket as everybody's tripping over themselves to get Toby, which I mentioned earlier, Kane, LaRisse, Erickson, Ali. There are a lot of Spurs players to look at. And if Sun can launch himself back into that conversation at a much lower price point, that could be very tempting uh, for a lot of people as well. Um, in defense, I want to go Adam Smith, but I don't want to go too many too many Bournemouth options. So I'm going to go with Kieran Trippier. And it's just because there's going to be this springing where he, he got up to 15% owned. Now he's mm-hmm. on his way back down because of the injury. But it's only looking like it's going to be a couple of weeks. So then... All of a sudden, he may have already gone down in case not enough people get him out before the game launches, which is on Friday, by the way, in case we didn't mention. So then, once game starts, once he gets back, he'll probably rise very quickly, as I think not many people would argue that he's a top-five fantasy player this year in defense um, because of his attacking prowess. I'm not going to talk about goalkeepers because they don't matter. So, (laughs) Rob, which players do you think could see really big spikes in ownership once the game gets going?
1: Um... For forwards, I, I think it's going to be the guy, and I know he's already owned in thirty-six point eight percent of leagues, and it's Harry Kane because if he scores one time in August, yeah. all his naysayers saying that he can't score in August are going to buy back into him, and at twelve point five, that's going to that's going to go up really really fast. So at twelve point five, he's going to be twelve seven probably right after the Chelsea game because people are going to buy back in after that game because they have Burnley, Everton, Swansea, West Ham. So there's three three out of four of the next five you know games are you know attainable for for you know glory there i know it's out of august by then but we're we're still talking that he's he's going to rise so if, if he scores in the first you know two games if he manages to get a goal against chelsea you know people are going to be completely buying into to the, to the love there uh, in midfield you know the one guy i keep always going to and it it it's based on how well crystal palace can can jump out of the gate and how well he does in those games you know they have Huddersfield, Liverpool, Swansea, Burnley, Southampton in the first five. It's Wilfred Zaha. I know he's yeah. owned in twenty three point six percent of leagues. It's seven Basically, he's being owned a lot because he's a a price dump and b has a potential to be more than he was last year. And He was pretty okay last year. He wasn't great, but he was okay. Seven goals, eleven assists. You know that no those numbers can jump up, and he has games where he can take take control of what he does on the wing and be you know a fantasy asset for those first three first three weeks. Uh, and on defense you know it, it, the defenders are tough because it's all a, a clean sheet or, or bust kind of thing um, but I'm looking at guys like way down the way down the list that are owned percentage wise and everybody has a love fest for for, for said coalitionac yeah. I don't even have to say it so um, we saw what he did against I think. Chelsea. maybe Koles- yeah sure the guy from Arsenal that you can't really say that's the guy I'm going with. Um, we saw what he did against Chelsea uh, he's a big shouldered guy. He basically reminds me of anybody who could win the ball defensively from, you know, a center back position. And Arsenal needs that stability. And Per Mertesacker is not the guy. So Galishniak is going to be that guy. Uh, owned in nine point five. Arsenal's fixtures to begin the year: Leicester, Stoke, Liverpool, Bournemouth. You know, then it goes to Chelsea. Uh, if Arsenal gets one or two clean sheets in the first couple of games, people are going to be buying and committing to an Arsenal defender. And I don't think the Hector Bellerin love is going to translate there because I don't think he's going to do much. Um, if if he gets a goal in those first couple games, which he has the propensity to do in other leagues, you know people are going to be like, well, ended this guy in looks the good. Uh,
0: community shield.
1: Yeah, exactly. People are going to buy into this because everybody likes having a, a, goal, a defender and coverage from a top four, five, six team, and Arsenal is one of those teams. So that guy completely falls into you know that metric.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, and then we are going to wrap up uh, with our teams. Um, for me, let me click off the transfer page doop 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 What have I done here? Hmm. What have I done? what's well, loading at the moment. All right, so uh, at the back, as I said, I have Ben Foster. I very much want it to be Fraser Forster. Um, but A, it's difficult for me to find the .5 right now, and I'll get to that in a second. But also, I have Cedric and Bertrand in right now. Um, Switched to Bertrand as soon as I heard the Trippier injury because um, he's a similar price point. It would be easy to switch back, and Southampton have an incredibly easy start to the season. Um so those two are paired with Adam Smith, uh, who's up against West Brom. Then across the midfield, uh Kevin De Bruyne against Brighton, Della Ali, Sadio Mane, and Christian Natsu, who I mentioned I really like for his differential play. Could could have had him or Townsend. And like I said, saving that that uh one waiting to see what happens with this Crystal Palace team. I agree with you on Zaha. Both of us like Benteke as a theory, wanna see it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I've just gone for Atsu as the cheaper option there. Then up front, uh, Harry Kane, J-Rod, and Roberto Firmino, who I think could have a, a very big day against the Watford defense that we just mentioned. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not very encouraging. The amount of threes, fours, and fives that defense put up last season was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure, deeply depressing for Hornets yeah. fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure on my captain yet. Currently have it on Mane. Could put it on Kane. Also, Kane could become Aguero in my team. Uh, but it was, I was mentioning to Rob before we started recording. I think it's important to have either one of Kane or Alexis in your team to make sure you can get back up to that price point. And with Alexis yeah. looking like he may miss week one, that just pushed me a little harder on the Kane thing. Plus he's had a good preseason and his first season since he's been a starter for Tottenham. Um, there are enough reasons to, to think about it. Um, but like I said, it could be Aguero. I've I've uh, missed on Aguero before, and that is not a feeling I would like to duplicate. And as you said, yeah. after the Chelsea match will be an easy uh, return point for Kane. So if you're yeah. listening to this team, you're like, that team should probably be a little bit better. That is because I have 2.0 still in the bank. Um, and the reason I'm not using 0.5 of that to upgrade Foster is because I could upgrade De Bruyne to Alexis, assuming that Alexis stays, which at this point it very much looks like he will. And... <laughs> so so, if he comes back for Arsenal and and if he comes back fit in two or three weeks, the ability to upgrade to Alexis while already having Kane in the team I think is a very um, <laughs> clever, if I say so myself, <laughs> way around that. Um, but if he doesn't, I have 2.0 to spend in my squad. I could upgrade Atsu to Azaha or anyone else in that 7.0 range. I could upgrade a J-Rod to to that Benteke range. I could upgrade any of my defenders to the elite range. I could upgrade Foster to any of the goalkeepers that actually good teams. Um, and so I really like having that money to play with because as much as we've talked about matchups this week, we've also talked about season-long stuff, and it's an important balance. So I think Atsu could have a good first week. If he doesn't, I can upgrade from him. If he doesn't, I could just play Carroll next week instead and see what happens there. And having that flexibility to start the year, I think, is very important. So that's why I've gone with that strategy for now.
1: Yeah. I, I like your team. It's got some got some money in the bank, which is always good. I always tell people to do, to do that. I don't have any currently because on my draft that I'm at right now, I'm at zeros across the board. Um, in goal, I have uh, Ben Foster and Wayne Hennessey. Um, they both have decent matchups. The first, week. oh, I mean, they both have okay matchups. Foster plays Bournemouth and Hunt, and uh, Hennessey plays Huddersfield, so it's probably going to be Wayne Hennessey for the first game. On defense, I have Nathan Ake because uh, they play West Brom. Uh, Ryan Bertrand. I I have Ben Davies in my team right now and Eric Baie. I went to Davies after the Trippier injury because I wanted some kind of Spurs coverage. I had Berold in their first. But like Kevin said, I don't like him that he's not involved in set pieces that much anymore. So I'm going to have the – I'll have a differential maybe in Davies if he, play, if he plays. Um, so – and then my, fourth, my fifth defender is, is Long from Burnley. He's my $4, $4 chuck. Um, so, I mean, he's being utilized that way. A lot of people are, are buying into that. He's only 2.8 percent, and people don't even know who he is. So that's probably a good thing. Through the midfield, Paul Pogba, Ali – De Bruyne hasn't changed my starting midfield with Carroll. And I did make one change on my bench. I brought in Ramadan Soby as my fifth midfielder. Uh, I'm intrigued. I've, I've liked what I've seen in the preseason from him. Uh, like I'm not expecting much from Stoke, so I'm not expecting much from him. 5.0 and his ownership is basically nil, which is 0.8%. Could go wrong. Could go completely backwards. I don't care. It's a 5.0. and He's never going to play. He's not going to rotate with my fourth or fifth. My fourth. You know, he wouldn't be better than my fourth defender, so I don't think he would play. And he's not better than Carroll in my eye, especially in in this game. And then forward-wise, I haven't changed. I still have Benkeke, Firmino, and Lukaku. I agree wholeheartedly with Firmino. I think Firmino's going to have a big game against Watford. He currently has my captain, and that's on purpose because I think that he does have a big game against them. Uh, Lukaku, we mentioned it before. He's a damned if you do, damned if you don't option. He's basically what Aguero is usually every year right now because of his ownership. And it sucks not having – aguero in a team or not look at to even have him as an option because he we know what he can do we know what he's capable of and we know what you know city you're probably going to do to brighten the first game it's probably not going to be very pretty um but at least i have de bruyne there to cover that so um yeah that's my team right now i'm okay with it right i'm probably going to change two or three more times but this is the the, the fallen love factor on a tuesday at 9 p.m Eastern <laughs> standard time
0: yeah i i'm i'm pretty cozy with mine uh Fernandez is the one question mark for me if any of those 4.5s happen before then that would be my main change but I do like I do like your team as well and and wish I'm I'm really playing with fire here with the no Lukaku thing and and I don't have any firm reason why it won't work is is the thing that's terrifying to me but uh man we'll see <laughs> we'll see if I have a change of heart at the last minute which again is Thursday not Friday don't 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 leave that till Friday. And on that last reminder slash warning, um, we are done for the day. So, Rob, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. And you can find my writings and stylings on razball.com.
0: Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter, host of the EPL Roundtable. Uh, we also have a championship roundtable that is out on this very same channel. Uh, tomorrow, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we will be recording a fan tracks show that's all about DFS. We may also be doing a DFS, DFS video for VIPbet.com. Uh, still waiting to get final confirmation on that. Uh, also, Rob has infinite stuff up at Razzball right now. I've written, I think it's 8 to 10 articles in the last week for Goal. So go check, uh, check all of those out. Although it is about the goal game specifically. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the same, uh, information is there. Uh, so yeah, go check all that out again. Uh, he's at FPL underscore MNOP. I am at Kavroff on Twitter. Uh, check us out. Hopefully you have a delightful first weekend of FPL action and we'll catch you next week.